Hello, sisters. Welcome to the Sisters in Zion podcast. This is Danielle. Daniel, and here in San Diego with my and then my best friend, Kirsten. Hey, guys. Super, super happy to be back with you today. And she is in Hawaii. <laughs> if I didn't want Aloha. to be, the yep. <laughs> so glad, yeah, to get started with our podcast. I was uh, talking to a um, girlfriend the other day who I work with in my business and she was telling me she's planning her wedding. And so her, she was telling me how frustrating it's been working with her mom. And I was just kind of thinking about how it applies to all of us and the things that we are challenged with in this life. And she was saying how, you know, how critical and judgmental mostly it was judgmental that she grew up with her mom and her mom was, you know, well, would say these things and just, you know, shoot her down with judgment. And she's like, she goes, I notice I do it now and I want so much to overcome that. And I just thought how cool that the first I told her, you know, she's, um, she's an amazing person, not doesn't go to any church or anything, but she, I, I, I kind of gave her the, uh, you know, the idea about, you know, we chose our situations and our parents and the lessons that we wanted to learn in this life. And I said, how amazing is it that you actually chose that type of a scenario? Because when we overcome like something like us, let's just say in her scenario, judgment, right? We become masters of that. And I said, I said to her, I said, do you realize that this lesson is going to make you a master over that? That is so amazing. And I was thinking of the, it kind of reflected on my life. Like what, what is it has been the theme for me that I have chosen to become a master over and I realized it was self-love. And the reason being is I came into a situation, um, well, either way, no matter what your situation is, I had chosen to look at myself worthlessly for most of my life um, through abuse, but it was also a pattern I saw, you know, repeating in the family generations of just feeling, you know, less than and just not really worthy and not feeling love for the self. And even after, so when I was um, 11, I finally told that I was being abused and we went to court. I was 12. We went to court and then court ordered counseling for us. But my mom took us into self-esteem therapy. So self like, like development therapy and self-love therapy. I thought that was so interesting. And now looking back at it, you know, and I remember as a little girl, the lady that conducted the therapy. She had us lie down on this big, huge butcher piece of paper and she traced our bodies. And then my brother and I, she, we were both in the therapy. And, and she said to write down all the wonderful things about ourselves inside of that body. It was kind of a fun exercise. I still remember doing it. I don't remember what I said. I probably, you know, as, as a 12 year old wrote whatever I felt, thought about myself. But I, I mean, like this idea. It'll be fun with the kids, huh? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and I remember it being hard for me. I really do. And but I, you know, I just did what I was told. I was twelve, and then I, you know, went into school and high school, still feeling that theme of lack of self-love. And I even remember on my mission, definitely, you know, that was a theme. I felt um, I just didn't think the Lord really cared about me, and it was it started to switch for me in my mission. And I remember I had a companion that noticed, you know, how much I did not like have self-love for myself. And so she, 
she put me in front of the mirror in the bathroom and told me to tell myself in the mirror that I loved myself. I was so embarrassed and I cried. I couldn't do it. Like I, my throat literally couldn't do it. I cried and I just, it felt so weird to do. And, and it, and it, it is not, it is a little more awkward, I guess, but it was, I, it was foreign and I was very uncomfortable. So anyway, this whole theme of that self-love. So it's been something I have studied, um, obviously, and been immersed in for most of my life. And it actually even talks about it in my patriarchal blessing, which is random since the patriarch didn't know me, didn't know anything about me. It was my dad's, in my dad's ward, who I went to um, their house every other weekend, and not even ward, it was just a mistake. And the patriarchal blessing even tells me that in order for me to fulfill my mission in life, I have to learn to love myself. And I just thought, how intuitive, how amazing is that, that we each have these missions that we have chosen to become masters of. It's not that, oh, they're weak because of it. It's just, they're just what we wanted to master. And that mortality gave us the opportunity to master that. I'm writing down right now. What have you chosen to become a master of? So I, I would love for our listeners right now just to take a second and, and ask yourself that, like maybe even write it down if, you, if you're not driving or something. What have you chosen to become a master of? And what that means as it relates to what you're saying, Danielle, I believe is you chose this before you came to earth. You knew yourself intimately, your spirit intimately, and know, you know, you knew like what it was that you actually needed. We've been progressing on our life's path before we came to earth, right? So these quote weaknesses, if you will, or, you know, developments or whatever it needs to be, um, were yours. You chose those ones even before, and that's who you are and who you're becoming. So I'm asking myself, what have, what have I chosen to become a master of um, it's really funny. I think this is why you and I are such good friends. Um, I know there's many reasons why we're such good friends, but my life is not this way. It's, it's quite opposite actually. Um, I probably have more, uh, have grown up on the other side of having guilt because I love myself so much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I'm great. I tell you know, just, it, it, I was born with that though. It's not something like, I mean, sure. My parents, you know, always tell me how wonderful I am just like how all parents do. Right. But yeah. So I've probably been more on the lines of like, I feel guilty, you know, like my trial is like overcoming, receiving, um, that love, that self love in just pure, honest goodness. Um, without judgment. And, and you and I had, I mean, we really nailed a few things on the head. We were talking yesterday on the phone and we both were just like, oh my gosh, this is what our episode's going to be about. So maybe I'll share my story of like how this happened for me. So I am running a business. I've, I, you know, as part of creating content for my online business, I did a photo shoot a few months ago in LA and um, got some really great pictures back, really happy with some of the images. And I have a very hard time posting these pictures of myself. I actually have someone who I've had to hire to post these pictures of me with my captions that I write and you know, my heart, like what's in my heart. But like, 
it's this like fear of self-promotion. It's this fear of self-idolization, actually. And am I getting too close to worshiping myself? And I don't want to be like too, I don't want to be narcissistic. I don't want to be proud. I don't want to be, you know, idolizing. So the, these are kind of some, and if, if you are relating to what I'm saying, you kind of know, like you're, you're afraid of being too much, right? And so I, my child, <laughs> he's 12 and he wants a phone so bad, but he will not be getting one. And, uh, he takes my phone a lot and I allow him to take my phone and, you know, get on Instagram on my Instagram. If he really wants to, it's fine. So he took my phone while I was out and about and I came back to my phone. He handed it back to me and he had changed my wallpaper, my home screen wallpaper on my phone to a picture of myself. And it's like, there I am. Like there's my face. And, and you know what? I like the picture. So he chose a really great picture. In fact, he said, mom, you look hot. I was like, I don't think I want my 12 year old to say that to me. It was funny. But anyway, I've got this beautiful, bright picture of myself on my phone. And my first instinct was like, oh my gosh, that's so embarrassing. Like, I don't want anyone to see that I have a picture of myself on my phone. Like, and instantly in my mind, I'm like, oh no, I'm like one of those like rich old ladies that like has this shrine picture of herself above her mantle in this old mansion. You know what I mean? Like I'm all these stories and thoughts and pictures, right? And I said, like a queen? Yes. And I, and, and it hit me. She's like, yeah, like a queen. And I thought, well, yeah, I guess. But again, I don't, oh, but I don't want anybody to think that I think I'm a queen. Oh no. Like what would that mean about me if I loved myself enough to honor myself as a queen? What would that look like? So I've kept the picture on my phone, you guys. It's been two days. The picture is still on my phone. And every time I look at her, I'm like stared in the face with this bright, beautiful version of myself that's going, hey, you got this. Like, keep going. And I realized something like so, so important. I want this to sink in for you guys like so strongly. And then Danielle has some really beautiful philosophies too that she's received about this. I can't wait for her to share it with you. But what I want to sink in is this. You are seeking to honor yourself, right? As a queen, as a child of God, as a daughter of God, you know that you have this potential, this divine potential that you are reaching for and aspiring to be. And so it feels like there's a gap in between who you are now and who you want to be, right? And that gap, it's, it's like Satan has gotten into that gap so carefully, so craftedly, so sneakily that until you realize that that gap is not actually real, that you have created that gap by listening to Satan and listening to like the stories of like what you shouldn't try to be and how you shouldn't try to become, subconsciously you will always block yourself from becoming that bright, beautiful version of yourself, who, by the way, you already are. Yeah, I think that's pretty interesting. I think it's pretty cool that you had your picture of yourself on your phone. And, and it is interesting that you and I, like, 
in the sense of like a puzzle piece, like friends, like you have the total confidence and self-love that I have strive and I am, you know, obviously developing and it's been, it's been an amazing journey just to have that be mirrored for me. I love it. So I like that, you know, we're mastering different things, you know, and I'm going to go into a little bit, but I, I was in this um, kind of during the sacrament today, this meditation sort of like just thinking of the savior and imagining being with him. And I am, I also, I imagined that he showed me like all these different types of seeds that become different flowers. And he's like, everybody's got different seeds. Everybody's planted in different soil. Some soil does better in different environments. Another soil does better, you know, with different um, weather, you know, just, it was really cool. Different nourishments. It's just, it's all different seeds. And I love that we each have like whatever it is to develop. There's no judgment for where you're at with it. And for me, there's been a lot of things I can share that's helped me with um, developing, you know, real sense of self-love. And one of, um, so as I was like, you know, thinking about this the other day and just like, okay, so mastering self-love, how cool is that? That was like part of what my mission is in life. And I started like, cause you know, we hear a lot about this. Like, I feel like on social media, like self-love, go get your nails done or whatever, you know, and that, and that might, that may be an act of self-love, but I was pondering deeply as I always do in my analytical psychological brain. <laughs> and I was like thinking about it. And this is the insight that came to me from God that was said, self-love is actually a reflection of your acceptance of God's love for you. And I posted this online. Let me say that again, because it was so, it, it took it away from being like, cause I feel like there's a taboo sometimes with self-love, like, Oh, you're being conceited or, you know, look at myself in the mirror. I love you. What, what, you know, <laughs> thumbs up. But it, it, he said again, this is what he, his, you know, what I got from the spirit self-love is a reflection of your acceptance of God's love for you. And I wrote this on my Instagram, but I said, you know, if you think about it, you are not, you do not create love. Like if someone says, well, yeah, you do. And like, okay, well, how you don't create love. You channel love God or who even knows if it's God or God's God. I don't know who, who created love, like the actual energy of love. It's something you can channel and magnify and accept in your life, right? You accept it in your heart. You can channel it, magnify it promote it. But if God is that source of love, right? So you, when you tap into that channel, you have to source it back to you. You're, and you're actually sourcing his love for you. So it's like you're accepting because that he already loves you infinitely, eternally, unconditionally. But if you're not like accepting it, then you're what you're rejecting it. And it was just like, wow, this isn't, it's, it's actually the most amazing thing to develop. So this is something I'm passionate about. But, and then I wrote, I said, true self-love is not, it's not vain. It's not selfish or egotistical. It's really your ability to receive and accept the source of all love for you. So this means you tap into God's character when you channel into this love, into his patience, kindness, ease, his peace, it's what which is all charity, right? And most of all, you tap into what he thinks and feels about you. 
And then you, you get to accept that or reject it. And so that's really what self-love is. It's, it's the key, you know, I put here, the key to our potential is tapping into this self-love and it's basically, how does God see you? And I accept God. I accept that you, that you see me. I accept that you love me. I accept this channel so that I can channel it. And, you know, I'm going to share. So I was looking. So I, as I got this, I was like, well, then I, this is so important. It's like the key. So I was like, why isn't it one of the commandments to love yourself as God loves you? It's, it doesn't say that. And I, I actually got a good insight on that because the first two commandments, which are the, well, the first two most important commandments, right, are to love God with all your heart, might, mind, and strength. And the other is like unto it, to love your neighbor as thyself. And, and I was reflecting on those like, okay, so where is the love yourself in that? And he showed me. It's right there inside of that. In order to love God with all your heart, you have to accept his love. You can't love him if you don't accept his love, which means you accept that he loves you. And then the second commandment, right? It says to love your neighbor as thyself. If you don't love yourself that much, you're not going to love your neighbor that much either. So it's all right there. It doesn't say love your neighbor before yourself. And I do think this has kind of accidentally gotten culturally twisted sometimes. We think serve others above ourselves or love others above ourselves. That's not what it says. It says to love others as thyself. And you cannot love others any more than you love yourself. So again, it's, it's a, he showed me it's actually part of both of those commandments to love yourself. Isn't that neat? It's the absolute best. I mean, when you told me this realization yesterday, I was giddy. I, I made you say it to me three times. I want you to say it again. Say it again for everybody. The accept, like you can't, you can't love yourself unless you accept, say, you know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> you want me to repeat it again? Yeah. Self, yeah. Self-love is a reflection of your acceptance of God's love for you. Yeah, I, I posted it on my Instagram. It's Dr. Danielle Saidi. If you guys want to like see what the whole thing that I wrote about this. Yeah, yeah, it's so. Oh, it gives me permission to love myself without feeling guilty about it. It gives it gives all of us permission to be love ourselves as much as God loves us, and that is what He's asking us to do. It's so amazing, and it reminds me also of like. It really made sense to me with my children. Like when my children won't receive love from me, it hurts my, it hurts me. I'm like, no, I created you. I am like, I'm your creator and you love me and you love yourself. And if you don't love yourself, then that's a reflection of my love for you. It's, it's all encompassing. It's all, it's like, if you can't receive all my love, then I'm still going to love you anyway. But it, it blocks the whole channel of love. I wrote that down when you said that too. Love is a channel. We don't create this self-love. We accept it. And as we accept that, we are accepting more of God's love for us, which is really what we all want. I really feel that. Like, you know, I don't think most of us are walking around like, oh, I wish I loved myself more. It's probably more, at least for me anyway, it's I wish I could feel God's love for me more. Like, what am I doing? I ask myself that actually in prayer some days. Lord, show me what I'm doing 
to block this channel of love and joy. I know it's me. Like it's not God going, oh, I'm not going to give you as much love today. You know, it's me. Like whatever it is, I, there was a talk from Elder Iring years ago and I still, it was one of the most profound talks. He talked about where is the pavilion that covers thy head and that pavilion or, you know, shade or whatever covering that we have created is what blocks us from that channel of love. And a big part of it is us not accepting ourselves as creations of the almighty God. And he's, I mean, imagine like you create, like, like imagine, I, I, it reminds me of like Pinocchio or something like you create this beautiful doll, right? Like you, you get the wood and the, the hair and you paint the face and, you know, you create it out of wood or clay or whatever it may be. And, and then you bring that doll to life and that doll hates itself. And you're just looking at it like, oh my gosh, like I made you. How, how could you possibly hate yourself? You're so beautiful, this creation. Like I didn't make junk. I made a beautiful creation that is, is supposed to find herself in my love. And like that really is the key to feeling the joy that we are seeking. Yeah, that's a great analogy. You're right. Like why would... There's no reason to hate the self. And it's just, we chose like our circumstances, whether, whether your, you know, journey is to become a master over judgment or criticism or self-love. I mean, it all is actually a reflection of self-love. Like self-love is the key to not criticize, to not judge. So it's a great tool, but whether whatever your main journey was, I love the fact that, you know, God can't be God if he takes our agency. So he didn't, put us in a circumstances, right? A family, circumstances, siblings, whatever it was without our choice because he's not a dictator. So we had to have chosen the scenarios and the situations. And we've also created scenarios and situations. And from that, if you look at that in the mortality, right? Not being spirit, but being in actual mortal, we have all these other realms that we're dealing with that help us learn things at a deeper level that helps us become the masters of them. And I kind of got excited over, like, wow, my journey is to become a master of self love. Like, to me, it's like that's the cure. That's so amazing. And I just was like, I, I must have pro. This is just my funny self talking, but I must have progressed so much in other realm, you know, in the other, you know, other preexistence that I need. I was like ready for this one. <laughs> I'm just using. But you know, you just look at like the situation is such a blessing. And so another, another, I've gone about this so many ways and for so many years of figuring it out, but I I'll give you a couple clues of what I have done to um, be on the road of mastering. Cause it's a, it's a consistent, um, I can definitely say I love myself now. Like it's, I don't have to like cry about it like I used to, but I, it's a, it's a constant thing in this life. And I think even in the next of we're learning about ourselves and we're deepening that love. Like love is magnified. We continue to magnify that channel. And so a couple of the things is in order to love yourself, you have to know how God loves you. And so God never, ever criticizes. He doesn't do that. He doesn't shame you. He doesn't blame you. So if we want to really truly accept God's love for us, we we have to let go of the need 
right? Just be willing to let go of criticizing and judging and blaming or shaming ourselves or anybody else for that matter. But it really does start with the inner self because that's just not how God talks to you. So obviously that's how the adversary likes to talk. So it's like, who are you wanting to parent you, the adversary or God, right? Just a, just a way to look at it. The next thing is um, every situation that comes up where I maybe not, um, maybe I don't enjoy how I responded to something. I just take it to the atonement. I just go, wow. And I just, I go, I ask God, can I, can I be with my savior? I need him. And I just imagine sometimes I imagine things. I'm very visual. And lately I've been imagining, um, a waterfall and I'm on the dark cave side. And this is like, I'm ready. I'm ready to shed this. And I, I see him put his hand through the waterfall and he pulls me through and cleanse me. And I just, I just like the visual of, um, and then I walk with him in this beautiful field of flowers and, I just visualize myself being cleansed and shedding that part of me, not judging it. In fact, the other thing, and I've talked about this on the other pod is when things come up for me, it's sometimes they do in dreams. Sometimes it does an actual person where I feel jealous or whatever it is. You know, I just, I'm actually, I think it's awesome. I've changed how I look at that. I thank it for coming up. I'm like, yay, another layer. That is awesome. It's not a manifestation of how crappy you are. It's a manifestation of growth. And so that was the other, you know, thing he, I was talking to him, you know, and I was in prayer with God and I was like, um, and I think I might've said this on the other podcast. Oh, I did. But I said that, I said, the fact that you think it's an issue creates the fact that it becomes an issue. And then I said, well, then how should I look at it? And the word came to my mind, just growth. It's growth. It's not an issue. So there's nothing wrong with you. Like all you sisters, all my friends out there, there is nothing wrong with you. You're in a growth state. That's it. That's all it is. And every time a new growth comes up, I'm actually stoked. I'm like, yes, thank you. Because, you know, it's like weeds. I imagine them like weeds. And we don't know the weeds even there. And then all of a sudden it grows. You're like, perfect. I can pick you and get you at the root, hopefully this time and shed you, give it to the savior. He turns it back and gives me my favorite, which are deep red roses. And I just imagine like I receive then the cleansing of it. I get rid of it and I receive the cleansing. That's so beautiful. I love it. And I think this really applies to not just ourselves, but especially our interactions with others. When you said the words, what's wrong with you? I'm pretty sure I said that to my three-year-old when he jumped out of his car seat in the moving van uh, on the road and slapped his brother across the face yesterday. I'm pretty sure the words, what is wrong with you? Like came out of my, my mouth, you know, and truthfully, it is a low vibe way of thinking. It is a low vibe. It is not from the Lord. It is not, it's very just human temporal language to even think what is wrong with you, right? It really is. He's in a growth phase that is extremely challenging. And I think a lot of us are in a growth phase that is extremely challenging, much like being a three-year-old. I mean, 
maybe you even remind yourself of a three-year-old sometimes. Like I do. I act like I reflect sometimes back the way my children are acting. I'm like an adult version of my children. I mean, there's really not that much difference when you look at like where the base emotion is coming from. I'm just expressing it as a, you know, as an adult. Right. And so it is all growth and that can really help those of you who do have difficult children. You know, I was having a conversation with someone really close to me this past summer and she was expressing how, you know, her son is, is a really, has always been a really big challenge and he's a total sweetheart, but he has sides of his personality that are really difficult and really difficult socially. And, you know, obviously like this is not my own child. So it was easier for me to say this to her, you know, without feeling the emotion of it being my child. So I don't mean to negate, you know, what it feels like to be a, an actual parent, a creator of this person, but like, you know, um, objectively, I was able to say to her, interesting that he has chosen to come to this earth and have these experiences. Why did he choose this life? You know, he created this for himself with God, right? Like this is his choice. It's not happening to him. It's happening for him. And as his mother, I, I know it's really difficult. Like I, I'm not even trying to pretend like I know what it feels like to be his mother but I do know for sure that we have all chosen this experience that we are having right now. And what he needs for his soul's evolution is to experience life in this way. And you just need to pray to God to know how to guide him. And you're doing a great job, but feeling the pain and the, what's the word? Like, I think we feel pain, but to what's, we want to. Sorrow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sorrow is okay too. Just it's like to feel like the anguish of, I guess, sorrow and anguish. Yeah. But like, I think what does Satan want you to feel about this situation? You know what I mean? Like it's, you, you know, it would be like, this sucks. This is not fair. This is wrong. We have, this is not what I signed up for. This is not what I, this is no, please stop, make it stop. You know? And like the truth of the matter is like in any situation. And I know there is so much pain and sorrow in this life. There's so many things that are, they feel completely wrong. But I know that God makes everything right, that everything we get to experience, there is a side of it where the atonement does make everything right. And I think that, you know, as children of God, I mean, we don't want to experience, like, like consciously, we don't want to experience all those things. No, I'm like, I'm saying no to that one. No, thank you. No, I don't want to do that. But deep down the Lord and myself do know that like, and it's like the Savior says, if this cup can be removed from me, please do it. Like even the Savior at some point has said, no, thank you. <laughs> right? Like, Okay, but not as my will, as thy will, right? And what does that mean to you, actually? I know you've talked a lot about that, Danielle, about how God is not a dictator and, and we you know, align our will with God's, but ultimately it is our, our choice because God is not a dictator. So when the Savior says, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I do wonder, have you thought about that as you've considered um, that phrase that the Savior says? Yeah, I have thought about that. And I don't know if I have like at this moment in time, like the deep insight on it other than, 
you know, we did choose different things before to come down to do. And we, we, we wanted to, we said, yes, this is what, you know, I want to learn. And so us, our will really is just, um, when we say I want to align myself with God's will, it, it actually, God's will is our will. So whether we remember if it's, a, if it's our will right this moment, and I'm like, yeah, this is what I want to do. I want to do my doctorate. And God's like, yes, that's my will for you as well. It's like conscious, consciously, con- consciously, I do know that's my will. But there are some things consciously I'm not aware of that are my will. And so everything, everything from either the preexistence or it's just consciously it's not aware for me, that's where we like, when we say, Hey, I want to make sure I'm doing God's will, God's will. Like, Hey, my will is your will, but I'm here to remind you. It kind of reminds me of hopes, you know, like you can say, I, I hope for all of this. I don't know all the, I can't juggle all the pieces, but I, I just, I know this is my ultimate hope. And if you've ever had something come into your life where you're like, Oh wow. Like I didn't even remember that was a hope like from when I was a kid or, or you just like, Maybe maybe you did remember it was a hope, but then all of a sudden you're like, how did he put all the pieces together? And so his will is only our will because he doesn't dictate what he you know wants us to do. But um, but our will sometimes we may not be as clear on it. Just like I was talking about on the other podcast with my brother, um, not going over to actually um, fix a refrigerator, and he was like giving all these excuses, all these excuses, and it came down to it, it was like. It was his whole desire was not to drive over to the North Shore. Great. That was your will. But so sometimes we have so many layers and going to God as a cohort as a to help him make suggestions and recommendations and help you remember is awesome. So yeah. as far as like the Savior saying it, I don't have, I don't know if he, I, I don't understand for sure. Like if maybe he was, I don't understand. I'm not sure how to I answer. Think, I feel that. like, okay, <laughs> as you- as you're talking about it, though, I'm realizing like, okay, so we know that the Savior chose to come to earth as our Savior, right? He created our world and he chose to come and be the Savior. So that was his will. And it is God's will as well, right? It was the plan from the beginning for that to happen. So here he is on the earth and he does say that. It's interesting that he would say it. Like, I mean, it's not that he didn't know that it was God's will and his will, but it's like, um, and maybe, maybe it's a misinterpretation in, in the scriptures from what was really said from language and Aramaic. I mean, yeah, I maybe, yeah, 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 maybe it is. I mean, I want to believe that it was the savior's way of, you know, relating to all of us in knowing God's will and also asking if there's another way and, have we ever done that? You know what I mean? Like it doesn't mean any imperfection, I wouldn't say, but yeah. Anyway, it's an interesting concept to think about in that will and aligning our will with God's will. And, you know, go ahead. thinking, sorry about the beginning when I love how you said that it was God's will that the savior became, you know, the savior, but he, it was only God's will because the savior wanted it. He didn't even say, Hey, I didn't, he didn't go to him. Hey, we're gonna have this council. You know, we don't think he did anyway. Will you be the one, you know, to raise your hand, (laughs) but against Satan, but just kidding. He didn't say that we had this huge council and the savior volunteered. And so our will, God's will is always what our will really is. And our will, when it's aligned with charity, which is, you know, all things that are good, 
that's God wants for us. That's why our power of agency, like we've talked about is so it's in power. That's why people feel good. Even when they make even bad decisions, but they've made a decision. It's a power. You can't fit. You have to face the consequences. But when we're aligned, like with God in a piece, a place of charity, which is peace, not worry, not anxiety, but just, um, trusting and love and faith, all that kind of, all those emotions. And we make decisions. Those are, those are our, his will because it's all aligned in his love. Yeah, totally. Uh, This is probably for another pod. We can finish up this topic about self-love. But I do think there's more discussion to be had. I have a lot of confusion and I'm going to study. I'm going to write this down. I have confusion around um, the persona of, you know, God is God in me and, you know, the father's in me and the son is in me and you are in me and all that, you know, all that language in the scriptures where it talks about like, you know, like God is in the son and the son is in the father and they are one God and all that. It's, I'm wondering if that language there in that moment of not as my will, but thy will, like was just kind of a transfer of like, not as the human will, but as the God will, you know what I mean? Like it's more that meaning I'm going to do what God willeth and what the spirit knows is right and true. And the flesh is feeling like, okay, <laughs> maybe I don't really feel like doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway, you know? So anyway, so much goodness to, um, to study. And I'm so grateful that we can have these discussions with all of you. Um, and so that you know that we all have questions too, right? We're all on this journey together of discovering how we can receive more of God's love in our lives. Yeah. I love that. I think it's such a great, it's such a, it's like part of our existence is an understanding how he sees us and that's just accepting his love for us. And it just takes it away from being like selfish or egotistical by loving the self is just realizing it's you accepting God's love. And then you can love your neighbor as thyself and imagine as your love for yourself expands, that, that which means you're accepting God's love in your life more and more for what you are and who you are and loving who you are and what you are, then you can love who your neighbor is and what they are. It just, it's so cool. I just, I love it. So anyway, thank you so much, sisters. It's been so great to be on with you today and just love you all. Bye.